Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Welcome back. In this episode, we are talking all about the top opportunities for six-figure success. But really, this works all the way up to seven figures and, and really beyond. It just adds on a little bit more complexity because typically at the seven figure and definitely the eight figure mark, you're more than just yourself. Like you might be able to get by to six figures uh, doing it all on your own, but definitely by the time that you hit seven figures and beyond that, you will need to have more people to support you in order to deliver the goods and services that you're selling and to ultimately create leverage, to create um, time, time freedom, so that you're not going to be spinning your wheels and basically burning yourself out. So in today's episode, we're going to be diving in deep to some of the key areas that I think are necessary, critical, foundational, and principle-based so that no matter where you are in the journey, whether it's your first six figures, your next, or you're on the race to seven figures and beyond, that you're going to understand these are the top opportunities that we can't ignore when we are trying to build and scale successful businesses. So let's start off by defining what an opportunity actually means, because I think it will create context for how you're going to receive the rest of the information I'm sharing with you today. So I'm looking it up right here so I can read this out to you. An opportunity is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something, right? And it can be seen as uh, a chance for success, a chance for improvement, a chance for advancement. And it is really about making sure that when we think about opportunities, a synonym for it would be chance, right? Like, can can I actually do something? Um, And it can often be defined as the amount of time or a situation in which something can be done. So it can a lot of times be connected to timing, right? I think a lot of times we think about, man, that was the opportunity of a lifetime. And it doesn't come around very frequently because it is like, requiring synchronicity between all of these different variables, some of which we don't have a lot of control over. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the kind of opportunity where essentially you are in control, that you, given the set of circumstances that you are currently facing, that there is a good chance for you to advance, there's a good chance for you to make progress, and there's a good chance for you to improve your situation beyond what is currently being experienced. That's what I'm talking about. So when I was kind of thinking about what I wanted to share with you and reflecting back on my journey in my online business, but also in my track record of helping to grow and scale successful business locations throughout my career, I was thinking that what is the difference maker, right? Like what is the thing that actually creates repeatable success? 
And how can we leverage those as key opportunities now and moving forward from, from today? So the very first thing that I want to share with you is that you need to solve a major problem. Now, the amount of money that you make is usually directly correlated to how valuable you are in terms of the problem that you solve. Now, I know this is a little bit of a circular kind of tongue twister here, but what I want you to think about is if you solve a big problem, you have a big opportunity, not only to help more people, but to make a bigger impact and to make a bigger uh, income. So the smaller the problems, the harder it is for you to create a ripple effect. It's harder for you to find people that are willing to pay more. It's harder for you to figure out how you can create more impact with the people that you want to serve because it's not going to be a pressing problem, a pressing issue. Now, I think it was um, Perry Marshall who calls it a bleeding neck problem. Now, what I want you to imagine is that if you were on the side of the road and unfortunately something happened and your neck was bleeding, like you bleeding and bleeding, gosh, at that point, yes, it would be ideal if you could find a doctor in the house, but if you're bleeding and you need help, you will take whatever form it comes in as quickly as you possibly can. There's an urgency. There is an impetus. There is like, we got to get this done. It is a big problem. Now, you don't always want to focus on the people who are so urgent. It's like, I need this yesterday because it can cause a sense of desperation, especially if your results and transformation take more time, which I'm going to guess for most expert-based business owners, that's the majority of the work that we do. It's not like overnight, all of a sudden, you know, those get rich quick schemes or uh, instantly you just flick a switch and you've lost your 10 pounds, or you feel better about your relationship or your health, chances are that's not the type of transformational work that you are helping to support your clients with. It takes time to create the change that you want to see in the world, and you do it through your clients one by one. So as a result, when we're thinking about the context by which this particular opportunity kind of shows up, what I want you to consider is are you communicating and speaking to the highest level of problem that you solve? And this is not about pimping the problem. This is not about like twisting the knife and making people feel guilt and shame and remorse about their current situation. It's really about taking a flashlight and highlighting and pinpointing, you know, that situation that you have right here right now is something that you don't have to struggle with. It's an area that I can help with. And when you're able to speak intimately about that problem to such a degree that your ideal clients realize, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I'm dealing with right now. When clients work with me, it's often because they have hit a plateau. They're already used to being successful, whether that's in their career or in their business. And they realize, man, I can no longer get by on referrals or word of mouth. I can no longer get by doing what I was doing because now I want to grow and scale even more. And it's not working the same way. I am. I don't have any more hours to give in order to squeeze that lemon and produce more lemonade. I need to figure out a better way that's not going to sacrifice who I am, my values, and what I believe in, in order to create more impact, more income, and become more influential in my niche, in my market.
as the go-to expert. I don't want to be the best kept secret. And I need to know how to do this in a way where I don't have to rely on more and more leads, but simply doing more with what I have. And that is the focus on quality versus quantity, but really a deep dive into the conversion metrics and the things that are helping people to say yes. And if you don't know what that is, which a lot of times, even successful business owners don't really have this dialed in. They don't have a completely irresistible offer. They don't have the correct messaging to communicate and position that offer in the market such that people are desiring that even before they work through their sales process and to have such a solid sales process that you've pre-qualified your ideal clients and it becomes an easy yes for them to say, yeah, I'd love to learn more. And now it's just a matter of fine tuning exactly how they're going to work with you. You very rarely then hear pricing objections or any other type of objection because you have built everything that you need to in order to leverage your strengths, your skills, your zone of genius in a way that is authentic and congruent to how you want to do business. When you're missing these pieces, it's typically because you're not speaking to the biggest problem. So If you're able to make sure that right now, your biggest opportunity is understanding how big that problem is that you solve. And I know that right now, if you're thinking, well, I haven't helped enough people. Like, how do I know that this is a big problem? Well, people will tell you, if you can see in the market right now that there is a need, well, how do you determine that? If there's other people who are providing the exact same service in the exact same niche or industry, you already know that it's marketable. You already know that there's competition. And so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be wondering this if you were the only person. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, there's always exceptions for you to be the trailblazer, the innovator, the one that's going to go out and start the charge of a brand new thing in the market. But that's very few and far between. And so while it's still possible, I really want to encourage you, if you think, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to be like one in a million. Well, there's I think more than 7 billion people on the planet, even with a million other of you's, there's only one of you. There's only one that can do exactly as you do it. And so you never have to worry about this. But what it does is it tells you that there is a need in the market, that people are looking for this type of product or service. And as a result, it should be a big enough problem. Now it comes back to how are you messaging and positioning yourself and your offer so that that opportunity becomes very clear and evident for your ideal clients. Because without that, people aren't going to say yes. Without that, people aren't going to keep moving through the journey with you. And they're not going to understand the value of what it is that you deliver such that price becomes irrelevant, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that what you deliver is so freaking valuable that your ideal clients go, well, that becomes such an easy yes for me to agree to. I mean, I would kind of be silly if I didn't, right? And that's the kind of opportunity that you want to create for people. And you do that when you focus on the biggest problem, when you understand how instrumental that problem can be in their life and the type of impact that it can have, okay? So if you are an expert, this should be fairly easy for you to do because your expertise will lend very nicely to solving bigger problems. Now, if you have literally just figured out something for yourself and you have one or two years under your belt, 
try and get the biggest version of that problem that you could possibly solve, knowing that as you gain more experience, as you gain results for yourself and for your clients, that you're going to have a bigger solvable problem over and over and over again. Okay. So start where you are and just know that if you are any type of expert, which I know chances are that's you listening right now, that you have probably a higher degree of competency than you're thinking about. You underplay how easy this is for you. And so you may not even understand the value of your expertise, but I want you to think your expertise solves a problem. That problem can be really small or it can be really big. And I would encourage you to stop focusing on the small problems and expand bigger. Look at the biggest problem that your area of expertise solves so that people will be willing to pay more. So the question that I want you to think about for this one opportunity here that we're you know diving in deep is would somebody pay $10,000 for your opportunity right, to get that problem solved? And if not, and that's kind of the next level price point that you want to charge in your engagements, what would it take in order for you to solve a $10,000 worth problem? And if you're already at that level, I want you to up level and think about what would it take for you to be able to solve a $100,000 problem, right? Or maybe that's too big of a jump and you want to go to maybe $25,000 or a $50,000 problem. So whatever is the number for you, I want you to just push yourself a little bit outside of the comfort zone and start to think about what would it take to solve that kind of problem? What kind of problem would that be? Who would that problem be with? Okay. And if you're already there, if you're already at the 25 or 50 or even the $100,000 offer, um, because I've worked through this exercise with some of my clients and, and, you know, instantly they got it. And I will say, although they got it, it took some processing and some work to actually put it together, okay? So don't be alarmed if this takes you a few days, a few weeks, however long it takes for this to kind of percolate within you and then for you to click. You may have to listen to this episode a couple of times in order for you to really glean and highlight for yourself what it is that's going to click in place. Totally okay. So if you're already at the 100,000, you're thinking, oh my gosh, like now my wheels are turning. How could I even create more value in the market and help my clients with even a bigger impact? Could you solve a million dollar problem? Now, the reason why I suggest this is because I actually have a client and we have offers and opportunities that are ranging from, you know, about $5,000, actually even smaller for some of her clients, right? So she's a business owner, has other clients that she is fulfilling some services for. Those clients have smaller priced products. So they're within the product suite that we are encompassing. But for her specific area of focus, she has um, services that she is pricing at $5,000 all the way up to, I think we have a $3 million package, okay? So when we consider the, the scope and the range of this, I want to, I'm sharing this with you, not because I want you to go, oh, that's never possible for me. Of course it's possible for you. Is it in this, the scope of what you're currently doing? I don't know. That answer is going to be, it depends. But is it possible? Absolutely. It just depends, again, on who are you selling to and what's the biggest solvable problem that you provide. And I encouraging you to, while I'm sharing this with you, is simply to get you to step, take a step back 
and really think about big picture view, you know, pie in the sky. If there was no opportunity to failure, if nobody could say, you know, who are you to charge a million dollars or $2 million or $10 million? Who are you to make that much money? That's so greedy. If all of those voices were wiped clear out of your mind and you could think about, I could solve a million dollar problem. I could help somebody and impact them up to a million dollars worth of value. What would that look like? Who would that be for? And I want you to just play around with this and have fun with this because the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity and the bigger the impact. And as a result, the bigger the income. Okay. So again, we're talking about top opportunities for six-figure success. But as I shared at the very beginning of this episode, I really want to encourage you, you could exponentially increase this and quantum leap from six-figure or under six figures to seven figures to eight figures and even nine, it can happen very quickly. And I know that if you start thinking about this in a different way and start acting in that the way that you need to in order to deliver those products and services at that level of value, there is no reason why you couldn't achieve that, okay? So that's number one opportunity. It was a big one, right? The second thing, the second piece of this puzzle is you need to get clear on your sales and your marketing process. Now, again, at this point, you've probably had some track record of success, right? Even if you haven't achieved your first six figures or you are at six figures and you're trying to get to the next six figures or the next seven figure, if you are continually recreating the wheel and you don't have a solid process in place. And this is not about rigidity. This is not about like having things so automated that everything is robotic and there's no direct intervention of a live human person, that there is any shred of emotion has been removed, that there's no personality, there's no character. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that if you or your teams was to look at your business as a whole, that there's no clarity around how do you get clients? Where do they find you from? And how do they start being introduced to you? And how do you allow them to learn more about your products and services such that they can buy, right? They can buy something from you. And so the whole end-to-end process of somebody finding out about you to then becoming interested enough to the point where they now want to purchase something, uh, whether it's to work with you directly, whether it's a product, a service, a program, your bespoke coaching or consulting, whatever it looks like, right? Your professional services. That if you don't have clarity that this is the process that we follow, that most of our clients will navigate from here to here to here to here in order to walk through the journey of number one, first getting to know who we are and what we do and how we can help them all the way to a raving, a raving fan, a loyal customer that is now encouraged to continue to buy over and over again, simply because they love the results. They love working with you and they are pleasantly surprised or are overjoyed by the experience of having been working with you through your products and services. Okay. So if we lack the clarity, then 
of course, we're going to be exhausted and you're going to be spending a lot more of your resources, your time, your effort, your energy, and yes, your money, whether it's you directly or your team member that's trying to figure things out and it's not quite working, right? So does it mean that you have to have everything dialed in? No. In fact, in this particular situation, I want you to go and think about the rule of one. You need one marketing method. You need one sales process. You need one offer that you're selling to one person and you're doing it consistently and consistently. And that actually can take you easily to seven figures. Now, I know because I am one as a creative visionary entrepreneur that you have no shortage of ideas. And in fact, it's probably the biggest bottleneck or thing that is getting in the way of you creating and recreating replicable success. Because when you're constantly putting out new things and new things and new things, yes, I totally get that in the early stages that you're going to want to test different things. I still do this myself. I do this so that my clients don't have to do it. But I'm going to tell you that it takes a lot longer to see the kind of results that you want because you're testing so many things. Whereas if you just double down and you focused on the power of one, it's not my invention. Go go and Google it. I actually have no idea who came up with the, the whole concept of it. Thank you, whoever it was. But if you just hunker down, right? And this directly ties and connects to the whole concept of the one thing from the book, the one thing. If you can find that lead domino, that will then make everything else connect the dots and go so much smoother and simpler and faster, then everything else kind of gets dialed in. And instead of having a lot of different players and a lot of different moving parts and so many things that you need to manage and be on top of that can add complexity, that can add a lot of opportunity for things to go wrong. If you had one, one solid marketing system, right? One solid marketing system that's connected to a sales process, one sales process that you know delivers results. And then you get that going to such a nice degree that you can start to automate as much as you can without making it feel, again, robotic, right? There's ways to be able to do this and to incorporate still the human touch. And it requires a very thoughtful eye to ensure that you're maneuvering people in a way that makes the most sense. You don't need to have funnels. You don't need to have a ton of things um, to get to six-figure success. In fact, when I did this in my own business, I didn't have a funnel. I was an anti-funnel because I didn't have the tech capabilities to figure it out. And with very few hours available to me while managing my health at the early stages, I kept things as simple as possible. I literally had a free Facebook group. I did free trainings in there every single Monday. And then I made an offer. And that offer was the same offer. It was my one-on-one coaching until I was fully booked out and I had a wait list. And that easily got me to six figures. Now, along the way, I developed a couple of group programs simply because I couldn't service and help all the people that were asking for me to help. And it didn't always make sense based off of the level of problem that they wanted solved and how I I felt it would be most appropriate to serve them. So a couple of really small group programs. But other than that, the bulk of this was done with one offer, my one-on-one coaching program. And I did it without growing a huge email list. Uh, without a huge social media following, without massive amounts of automation or technology. I had some automation through my calendaring system and I use PayPal 
to collect payments. And eventually I added in Stripe in order to be able to collect um, automated payments more easily. But that was it. It was super simple. It was very, very streamlined and almost the anti-funnel, right? It's a simple sales funnel. It still was a funnel, but it was an anti-funnel at the time. So I share this with you because if you are clear on your marketing and your sales process, so in my example, the way that I was marketing to my ideal clients was simply through Facebook, using organic posts, content to be able to reach them and creating high quality conversion events, which were my Monday masterclasses. Maybe you're from the, the good old days where I was doing them every single Monday in my free Facebook group. And as a result of that free training, then I would invite people to, to get on a call with me. And that was it. So the sales process was a sales conversation. It was a, a call to ensure that I was meeting their needs. And that was as simple as I could make it. So when you make things as streamlined as possible, six-figure success, even seven-figure success is inevitable. It becomes a lot faster to achieve. So, you, so here are some considerations, right? Because I'm sure you're thinking, well, that's all well and good for you, Susan. But I'm still not quite understanding how, like, there's so many options. I totally understand, right? And if you want more details on exactly, how, like, all the steps that I did, I encourage you to check out below in the show notes. We have a special offer for my six-figure fast track, and it will walk you through the exact steps that I did in order to create that first six figures in my online business. Now, I will say my runway was 20 years in my corporate career doing pretty much the exact same thing. So I had a lot of practice, but I'm sharing this with you because I'm sure you want shortcuts. I'm sure you would rather that you don't need to take 20 years like I did. It took me 20 years and several failed business attempts along the way to finally get my six figures in six months track record, which I use air quotes for that. If you're listening on the podcast and I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, right? Because I feel like sometimes people don't talk about the back history. And I'm very open about my journey that I struggled a lot to become a business owner. And I think sometimes people don't talk about that. And they make it feel like everything is sunshine and rainbows. And while I definitely appreciate and I'm so grateful that things once they clicked went very, very quickly for me. It took a journey to get to that place. And so wherever you are in your journey, just know you can learn from my mistakes. You can learn from my shortcuts. And if it's helpful for you at all, just go to the show notes and you're going to be able to grab your link to go and check out this special program for you. Okay. So some questions for you to consider for this second opportunity around clarity for your sales and your marketing process. And ideally, I want them to communicate together. Okay. So if you're working with a marketing coach or a marketing expert, that's all well and good, but you really need to make sure that your sales doesn't suffer because you're focusing a lot on quantity, which I find a lot of times marketing experts, because that's the focus of marketing is a lot of attraction, right? So really just understand what is the intention and how are these two different areas, but congruently working together, how do they actually work together when you're getting help around one and maybe not on the other? So this needs this, both of these areas, right? They need to align to the style of your offer. So again, my initial programs were one-on-one. -on -one. 
So a sales conversation made a lot of sense because I know how to sell. Um, that's that's my career. And while I struggled with it at, at first, and especially my, my online business, I, I just crashed and burned for those first few calls because I basically threw baby out with bathwater and thought I was building a whole brand new business and forgot the principles of what it means to sell well. But depending on your offer, you may need a different sales mechanism, a different sales process that's going to work the best for you. Okay. So really just make sure that you're honest with yourself and you align your offer with your actual marketing and sales process. You don't want there to be incongruency or confusion. Okay. The second question that I want you to ask is, are you aligned to your business model? So again, depending on the style of business that you want to develop, if you want to put together an e-course empire, then does it make sense for you to do sales calls? Probably not. Probably not, right? But again, I want you to consider what is the vision for the business model that you have and how does your marketing and your sales communicate in such a way that it is going to bring that vision to life? And if they're not aligned, make the correction because it's going to be much harder for you to get to the first six figures, the next six figures, or even beyond that without having this alignment in place. The third question is, what is your sales personality? How do you actually like to buy and sell? <laughs> and sometimes it feels like, huh, nobody has really asked me that question. I've never thought about that. Well, it's really important, especially when you're the one doing the majority of the selling in your business, which I'm going to guess if you're listening right now, that's why you're here. And if that's you, then how do you want to sell? And it's okay if you don't have the answer right now, because oftentimes when I'm working with clients, and this is what you're going to develop as you go through the six-figure fast track, you'll understand kind of what I did and how I did it, and what are the key areas of concern, and where are the key areas of opportunity, and what do you need to have dialed in and when. So when you think about this particular area around your sales personality, I had a client who realized she was extremely introverted. Now, I'm an introvert. But I am deeply curious about people and I love connecting with others. I love hearing about their stories. My natural curiosity kind of um, always leads me. So as a result, I actually love doing sales conversations. I don't do a lot of them anymore, just with the way that my schedule is run. But if I have an opportunity to get on a call, it's much faster, right? For me, I can get and discern information within 10 to 15 minutes, whereas going back and forth on a text or email, sometimes it just, it drives me a little bit bonkers because I have to hold the space and, and recall the details. And yes, it's in the email, but I have to kind of get back into the space and the energy of what was the conversation that we were having. I don't typically do this kind of on the fly, like just a random chit chat, because I have to really intensely focus. It's one of the areas of my cognitive impacts from managing my health. Okay. So that suits my style. Now, do I still do um, sell by chat? Absolutely. That's the vast majority of the, the spots that have been filled in my most recent programs have either been done by email or by chat if there's any additional questions. But by and large, it's all being done through my sales copy, through my words that I have now written on the page to stand in for a real life conversation that we're having over the phone, on video, on Zoom, whatever the case may be. But for this particular client, she was 
she was such an introvert that she actually said to me, is there any way for me to build a business where I don't have to talk to anybody at all? And I said, yes, absolutely. But the kind of business that you're trying to build right now, which she was wanting to build a coaching business. And I said, so help me understand how you envision being a coach to somebody without having any kind of interaction whatsoever. Because she was really struggling to get on phone calls. And she had a whole bunch lined up. She had booked them all and she did a fantastic job with her content and really showcasing her expertise. And she had all of these calls that were getting put on her calendar. And instead of excitement, guess what she felt? Utter and complete dread. She was so not into it. <laughs> and I could tell but until she came to the realization that her sales personality was not what she was trying to force herself to do. Now, I'm not here to tell you, you have to do sales calls. The structure of how I teach sales conversations is really something that you can apply to, to any kind of sales interaction, whether it's through a DM, an email, even your sales page copy. It really needs to address the, the, the key components that you would have and articulate through a sales conversation. Now, you can have a little bit more freedom because you can do things um, as you respond to people where your sales copy, your sales emails, your sales conversations, even by, by text, you have to do a lot more inferring, right? You have to just make some assumptions, especially when it comes to more static sales pages and sales emails. This is why when you're first learning how to sell, having conversations is going to be the fastest and easiest way, even though it feels scary, to sell. So I'm, this is a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? Because I'm sure you're wondering, well, what the heck does she do? I mean, you can't be a coach if you're not actually going to coach people. That's exactly right. So she had this huge realization and she thought, okay, I don't want to do this. I would rather write than speak to anybody ever. I don't like videos. I don't like phone calls. I don't like being on video. I don't want to do anything where I have to show up and put makeup on or do my hair or look like I showered or any of that, right? And this was years ago. This was pre-COVID. And I remember thinking and, and saying to her, amazing. Like I fully support whatever type of business that you feel more aligned to. And so we were brainstorming and coming up with some ideas. And I had suggested to her because she said, I actually really enjoy writing. And I said, why don't you create a blog? You could be an online blogger and talk about the different topics that you still have an expertise on. And you could create other courses or start with advertising and just allow other people to use the audience that you're going to build. It is going to take a, a bit more time because to build that relationship through the power of your words can it happen. Absolutely. There are tons of people that have built very loyal followings and audiences by using the written word, by using their blogs, by using platforms like Medium and so many others that are now um, have been around because of the popularity of the different platforms and the, the different ways that people want to stay connected and to absorb and receive information that they find of value. And she was so thrilled 
First, she was relieved, I will say, right? She was just like a huge weight had been removed. But this is why it's so important that you align your marketing and your sales process with how you want to sell. And you can sell in a million different ways. But if you're doing it in a way that doesn't fit for you, it will never work. And that's what we saw with this client, that she had all these sales calls booked and she had the framework and yet she kept sabotaging and she kept sabotaging and she kept sabotaging simply because she actually didn't want to help those people in that way, right? So she didn't want to hear a yes. She didn't want to sell what the end result would have looked like because it would have kept her trapped into a coaching program, like a coaching offer that she had no intention to deliver. Like it it just made her skin crawl, but she didn't realize that because she thought of it as the only way for her to build an online business successfully. That was the model that she had been shown from other people, other gurus. And yes, as her mentor, she saw me and thought, well, if Susan can do it, surely I can too. And of course you can, but if you don't want to, then you're asking the wrong question. You are building a business of mine and not of yours, right? And so just be mindful that as you go through and you're thinking about the six-figure fast track, in case you're wondering, you know, I built a successful coaching consulting um, course business. So I have included courses on there, but the bulk of my interactions with clients is still very high touch. I'm very involved with the customers that I work with. I know them by name. So I just want you to know that if you're looking for a completely digital experience of, I don't know these people and I'm selling massive amounts and I will never build a relationship, it's probably not the training for you, okay? So the next opportunity, stay in your zone of genius. And again, this speaks to, Opportunity number one, solve the biggest problem. So this one here in staying with your zone of genius, I think it's Gay Hendricks that actually coined that phrase, right? The zone of genius. The zone of genius is the area that only you live in. And that means because of your unique experiences, perspective, and your gifts or talents, that that combination becomes your genius zone. And oftentimes, especially if we come from a corporate background, as an employee for somebody else, that you often are paid to not be in your zone of genius, but instead to play in the sandbox of the zone of good or the zone of excellence, more than likely in the zone of excellence. Typically, when I'm working with clients and we realize that there is a little bit of tweaking that needs to happen, it's because they have spent so much time in their zone of excellence that they actually mistake that for their true genius. Your true genius is the thing that you love to do. You would do it for free and it comes so easily and naturally to you that you don't even realize the kind of impact that you make. It often can happen when you are speaking to people and it just like rattles off the top of your head. When people go, oh, oh my gosh, that was so good. Can you repeat that? And you go, I don't think I can because it was just coming from deep inside of you that there's almost like a reverence of what did you just share? And truthfully, you almost have an out-of-body experience because you're not sure. You're not sure the exact words that you just shared. You know that it was amazing and that you know that it was something that was true to you, 
but the exact phraseology, the exact wording may or may not be something that you can recreate. That is your zone of genius. When you could spend hours getting lost doing what you do and then realize that either simultaneously time has stopped still or a whole bunch of time has passed and you didn't even notice. When you operate in your zone of genius, you see results faster. And this is, again, talking about the power of one. Now, again, depending on where you are in your journey, if you are still trying to achieve your first six figures or you have achieved six figures, now looking for the next or moving on to the next seven figures, the first six figures, you can get by doing things all by yourself. You're going to work a lot, but you can do it. It's much easier if you focus on your zone of genius and the number one opportunity, which is solving the biggest problem. When you do that, you create income leverage. You, in, you increase your ability to um, create more time, time freedom. But as you continue to grow, the more and more that you slip into your zone of excellence or your zone of good, and you don't delegate those, you don't let those go, and you don't outsource them to somebody else where that's their zone of genius, so that they can operate in their fullest potential, the harder things are going to become for you because you're going to be wasting a lot of time and you're going to slip into burnout city. And so this is the number one area that I see happening for creative entrepreneurs that miss processes and things that are on necessary on the back end. But here, what I want you to think about is when are you noticing that there's resistance? And I'm not just talking about like, oh, this is my mindset. I don't want to do this. No, I'm talking about like, you don't have the skills. Like you actually legitimately don't know how to do some of these things. And it's going to take you hours to research and figure it out. Those are first on the list to, to outsource and delegate because clearly they are not in your zone of genius. What are the areas that you find very challenging or frustrating, right? And it could be an area where you already have the skill, but it's not the best use of your time. So I'll give you an example. I know how to make my graphics on Canva. In fact, we have tons of templates. Is that the best use of my time? No, because if I get too in the weeds of, of doing certain things, I, I know what I like and I know when things don't look right, but I am not the best at putting together you know, combinations and different fonts and figuring stuff out. It takes me a lot longer than it needs to in order to figure that out. Whereas for my graphic designer, I mean, when he goes in, he can pull stuff out and yes, there's a creative process involved for him to kind of get in the spirit of it. But once he starts to deliver the actual graphic, we go back and forth and there is a hum that comes along because he's operating in his true zone of genius. And I'm operating in mine in being able to provide feedback for the things that need to be adjusted in order to deliver the vision of what I'm seeing in my mind's eye. Right. So I still get to support my team in their zone of genius while I still work in mine. And that allows me to be a happy camper. And I hope this will help you to be less frustrated and to spend less time on areas that don't deliver as much impact and don't deliver as much results, but are still important to your bottom line. Another example of this could be social media. It is the number one thing that I outsourced in my business because I realized man, I know, I don't know enough about social media to know how to operate all of these things. And at this point, I just need it to run. 
And so I hired my very first VA before I even had a client. And I know that not everybody has that opportunity, but for, I think it was a hundred dollars a month. I hired her so that I could get some freedom back. And at the time I, I desperately needed the time because I didn't know how predictable my health would be in showing up and being able to do the things that only I could do. At that point, the, the things that only I could do was create content, the posts that needed to go in and to show up for conversations. So my VA was able to do so much behind the scenes in order for it to look like I was posting and, you know, being consistent with showing up in the areas that I needed to. And instead of me focusing on like scheduling or, you know, responding to initial comments, which I did, but she always alerted me and she always started conversations with individuals that it made sense, especially when we were focusing on my Facebook group, she would send all the welcome messages so that again, I didn't have to focus on that. I could focus on the actual interaction with people once they responded. So it was still me. It was still my words and it was still me in real life. And so if that was me and you DMing back and forth, yes, it was still me. I don't outsource all of the, the pieces of the process, but I definitely get help and support so that I can stay in my zone of genius. And I want you to do the same because the biggest opportunity for you to continue to grow and scale to six figures and beyond that is to ensure that you do more of what only you can do and you let go of the rest as quickly as you possibly can, as, as easily as you can, once you have the income to support it. Right. And that's why it's so important that you're able to create that consistent income first 10 K months, because that will get you to the six figure mark. But ideally, I want all of my clients to be closer to the 20 K mark, because once you have paid yourself, once you have paid your team, once you have paid for running a business, no matter how lean it is, you know, 10 K after taxes and after, 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 after doesn't actually leave you the same income as when you were a corporate employee receiving a six-figure salary. So because of that, making 20K per month really is an achievable benchmark and will create so much more ease and so much more margin in order for you to have time leverage, income leverage, and create ultimate freedom for you. So I hope this was helpful to break down some of the key opportunities that I see getting in the way or, you know, you needing to tap into a little bit more in order to see that six figure success and really and truly moving you into seven figure and beyond, because this doesn't go away. Once you hit seven figures, it actually becomes even more important that all of these still stay in focus, that they are even tighter around solving a major problem right? And maybe there's different versions of that problem that you solve as you have more opportunities to help more people, but really, and truly you can get by with one offer up to really like 10 million easily, right? 10 million easily. You should, you could still be making one primary offer, having clarity on your sales and marketing process and ensuring that there's congruency between your offer, your business model, and your own selling personality type. And Last but not least, staying in your zone of genius, right? And when I think about building a six-figure or a seven-figure business, the model is the model, right? There's frameworks for success. And as Tony Robbins says, 
you know, success leaves clues. If you would like my clues, if you would like a shortcut, if you would like to know how I did it in a lot more detail than what I've been able to share with you on today's episode, I highly encourage you to go and grab our six figure fast track program. And it will walk you through all of the details in the nitty gritty. Um, I think there's more than 37 modules that we have created where I break it down step by step so that you understand not only the messaging, not only the sales, but also this leveraging component of how these three pieces of my system comes together in order for me to have created six figures in six months online, and then continue to replicate that success now ongoing in my business. And it's exact blueprint that I encourage my clients to take a look at and follow in order to streamline their business if it makes sense. So again, if you're trying to create a business model that is completely different from mine, while this might be helpful for you in giving you a different perspective so that you can maybe cut out the complexity, if you have no desire to coach, consult, or work directly with real-life human beings inside of your business, then it's probably not the best opportunity for you, okay? So I just want to make sure that we're really clear on what you're, what you're going to get, what the expectations are, and how this is going to help you the most. So with that being said, I hope this was helpful for you. Please go ahead and grab the Six Figure Fast Track if that would be helpful for you in your journey to continue this conversation. And we will see you over in the next podcast episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.